Welcome to the Hey Nonprofits Raise More Money podcast, episode three. Stop leaving money on the table and make your mission the star of the show. Your hosts, Trevor Nelson and Jason Ledlow, bring you the unvarnished, no holds barred truth about raising more money to power your nonprofit mission. Let's get right into it. Hey, everybody, welcome to Hey Nonprofits Raise More Money. Jason Ledlow, Trevor Nelson coming to you live from the war room, the sunroom, the war room, whatever you want to call it. We're uncovering a really cool topic that Jason and I have been meaning to talk about for some time, actually. And it comes up really, really often with so many folks that are planning uh, events currently, events of the past they're discussing and how to make them better. And the big elephant in the room, as we like to say, is can a live auction and a paddle raise or a fund to need coexist? When should you have one over the other? Should you do both? Things of that nature. Um, we happen to think, we, we happen to feel pretty strongly about both. Of course, we're huge proponents of uh, the live auction because we live and breathe its success pretty much on a daily basis, as a matter of fact. But um, Jason is an expert in the paddle raise and the fun and need space because he's actually done them to great success. Yeah, once again, we're just uncovering some, you know, I, we want to call them misnomers. We're actually uh, borderline a little ticked off that people say uh, that typecast events into a certain corner where they say absolutely unequivocally, you should not have a live auction uh, and you should only do a paddle raise at your gala uh, or a fund to need and forget consignment. You know what I say about all that? I call. Yeah, I say, I say kick rocks. That's what I say. Well, you know, that's the whole thing. You got a bunch of people out here that they've, they've found something that they're pretty good at. Maybe it's an auctioneer. Maybe it's an event planner and they go, well, I don't like those live auctions because they take up too much time or, well, you know, if you don't have a live auction, you're just not uh, and because they're an auctioneer and they think you should always do it. This is not, there's not one size fits all. Yep. I mean, it's, it's just not. It's a big world and there's a lot of money out there and a lot of people that want to give. So we're talking about offering people the ability to give in a myriad of ways and we're not big believers in such a big world. We're not big believers in pigeonholing or having that very narrow-minded, myopic focus about every single event and its cookie cutter and this and that in a non-cookie cutter world. And we're saying, well, why would you leave money on the table? Why wouldn't you have a live auction? Why wouldn't you have a revenue enhancer at your, uh, you know, with with your fund to need? You know, why why wouldn't you do these things? Because at the end of the day. You're just leaving money on the table if you don't, if it makes sense. Well, I think part, you know, I think part of it is, especially ex- people in nonprofits. I mean, I'm just telling you, they get tired, you know. Um, yeah, you were talking about that recently. Yeah, they, they get tired. And it's understandable, especially coming to the last couple of years. And this is another point that we were talking about recently. Coming out of the last couple of years and the amount of money that's in the system and the amount of folks that want to, for instance, go somewhere or buy something in cool in a live auction that excites them or whatnot. Why wouldn't you strategize? Why wouldn't you plan on having these things available for your supporters or buying units in the room, if you will, uh, folks that are willing to give to your cause, to your organization? Why wouldn't you have these things available? It doesn't make any sense not to. Well, it doesn't make any sense not to, but you know, it all takes work. I hear people say all the time, they go, well, that live all it just takes up so much time and it takes so much work. And well, to have a successful fund to need, it takes a lot of work too. 
And if you're not willing to put the work in and you're not going to spend the time to then, then just, you know, probably you need to turn the podcast off and not listen anymore because you don't really give a rip anyway, because there's not an easy answer. Well, well, it's just, it's not an easy answer though. Trevor, you and I both know, we talk to everybody all the time. This is not an easy business. Okay. Being in the nonprofit world, especially when you're trying to raise money is not easy. That doesn't mean it's not rewarding. doesn't mean that it's not awesome. It doesn't mean that it's not fantastic, but it's not easy. I mean, we work with, we're, we're a support system to that. You know, we work with nonprofits and it's not easy either because it is so dynamic. You know, it is, we, and you can't be everything to everybody. We're not everything to everybody. We don't have one size fits all. We don't. And we're not even saying that. We're actually not saying that either. Well, most of our, you know, most of our stuff will fit in any event, but it's, you don't, but it's not going to be everything for every event and nothing else. You know, I, I just spent probably an hour last night, yesterday afternoon, late afternoon, talking to a lady on a committee. And we spent most of the time not talking about consignment items that they had. They, they're going to use, they're going to use some, but that was kind of an easy, what we were talking about was other stuff that they could go do. And, um, and how it could be impactful. How it could be. Yeah. I mean, what can they do to go raise money? Because they had a goal. You know, she had a goal. They need to, they're at this event, they need to net $17,000. This is an event that has in the horse store historically in the past has not raised a whole lot of money in the live auction. It's kind of been a big party and, you know, they show up and they're like trying to raise some money. And I said, well, if you want to raise money, then you need to plan to raise money. I love that. And I always come back to the math. Absolutely. I love yeah, that. I mean, if you're not take, if you're not just, you know, and if you want to just want to know, I mean, I'll just tell you what I mean by it comes back to the math. If you've got five auction items and let's say they're all donated items, take what you think on a worst day that they all bring. Mm-hmm. If they all bring, you know, if this thing, you know, I think this dinner will bring two grand, but let's just cut that in half and say, it'll say if it does a thousand, I think this um, experience over here, you know, my kids, you know, having a, a, a kid to go be the, um, well, cause I've, I've seen this uh, to be the bat boy for a team. Well, we think it'll bring a thousand, but let's say it's only going to bring 500 and you do that on everything. And at the end of the day, end of the deal, your five items, you're going to raise 2,500 bucks on a worse day, you need to get some work to do because you go, well, if maybe somebody just really wants it, they might pay two or 3000. Well, they might, but I wouldn't count on that. I, I wouldn't put, put, I wouldn't put my, you know, the, my mission of what I'm doing on hope and change that I'm, it's going to make it happen. That somebody's just going to show up and just because of our great mission, their generosity, they're going to do it. It doesn't work like that. Now, if everything goes great and we go through and we rebuild our auction and we're going to get to our $10,000 goal and we've got plenty of room and everything does go great. And that trip does bring $3,000 and we raise instead of 10, we raise 25,000. Well, Hey, then that's awesome. But let's make sure that we, you know, overbuild it if you would to do it. And that doesn't mean go have 35 items either. I think also we're just talking about not ignoring things that are on the table that could raise more money for you. That's the big thing. Not shutting the door on any facet of any event. There are so many wonderful opportunities out there right now to raise money. There's so many wonderful strategies that we've learned even over the last couple of years, even over the last six months where we have useful data that backs up our claims. 
that the golden ticket works or that live auctions work or you can sell consignment 10 times in an event and it will work and it'll raise money. And we've got all these success stories. So we're big, we're big believers in being glass half full to all these ideas and not letting someone or even your internal dialogue shut down something that could end up raising you a bunch of money. You know what I mean? And I think being realistic, I, I think you have to be realistic. I think that you've got to be realistic and understand your audience, understand what's going on, what you're going to do. If you're wanting to raise a half million dollars, you better have the right people in the room. Yeah. Identifying supporters. I think that's huge. You brought up a really good point recently where you're talking about having a successful live auction and receiving bids and selling items, donated consignment, what have you, is a great way to identify new supporters at a certain level. Really good point. Long time ago, whenever I first started doing auctions, I used to always go to, I would go to somebody there at the event and go, okay, where's the money at? Mm. Who's got all the money, the tables, you know, who's, where are the high dollar tables? And they'd tell me, they would say, oh, well, this table and that table and that person. And they would, those people would never bid. They wouldn't bid on anything. Mm -hmm. And what I realized is that they may be big donors, but there's probably not anything there that they want. And what I mean by one, it doesn't mean that you don't have great items. It's just that you've got people of a certain wealth and a certain capacity level that, you know, going to buy, you know, buy somebody's house and, you know, a week's weekend stay at the lake just doesn't do anything for them. Okay. They've been to the lake. They, they go, they, they don't go to the lake. They go to Hawaii on their private jet. You know, it's, it's just a different world. So, but then you've got somebody that you've got a trip, um, and it's, let's say that it's $10,000 and it's some guy in the back, him and his wife that are raising their hand, buying it, bidding on it. And nobody even knew who they were, but they got it. They were a last minute invite to fill somebody's table and they happen to have capacity. They heard the message. It was something all of a sudden I've got somebody who I know can write, write a check for $10,000 and not miss it. Huge, huge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you follow up on that and you use that live auction as an as a as ability to identify people that are bidding, I mean, I think you need to have somebody basically sitting back, watching the crowd, knowing who is bidding at the table, mm, figure out who that person is, and then go over there and thank them after the event. Walk right over to them and say, "Hey, I know you didn't buy anything, but I saw you bidding on three or four things, and my name's you know, and introduce yourself." Mm-hmm. It's a great way to identify new donors. There's an event uh, I did in Oklahoma City. This couple, they came as a guest. They bought, I think they bought two things. They spent about $15,000 at the event. Never been, didn't know anything about the about the, the charity or anything, didn't know about the mission or anything. Spent 15 grand. The next year they were on the committee. That's what kind of identification it was because the executive director followed up and went and met with them and engaged with them and talked to them. We're speaking of the power of a, a multitude of different um, ways to raise money, obviously, specifically here, the fund of need and live auction, and we're not pitting them. It's one versus the other. They both work. They both provide ability for folks to give. Um, and we were just uncovering this recently as well, where some folks want to just give because of what Jason just said. They don't need a trip. You know, they don't, they're not going to bid on a trip where they've been to somewhere 10 times or whatnot, or they're just in a different level in some different company, if you will. And, but they will give, they will give. So having the ability for folks to do, to do both 
we feel like is the perfect scenario, you know, especially for a, a, a gala type event, you know, in person streaming, what have you. And it works. And we see it time and time again. So I think we're just we're, we're definitely saying we're debunking any theories that you have to ignore one to have the other. You don't and because they're just different. They're just different. They're mutually exclusive, but they coexist. I, I have never, ever seen a period of time where somebody that spent two or three, four thousand dollars on a trip would have spent two or three or four thousand dollars in a donation. Or if they could do both, they didn't do both. It, they're just two different things. They're just not the same. I mean, you're not going to. There are people just because somebody can afford to spend three thousand dollars on a vacation that they were going to go on anyway doesn't mean they're going to give you $3,000 in the fund to need. Just doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. You know, it's a percentage of giving. Um, Yeah, there's going to be occasion where somebody's going to do it. You're better off to try to get everybody to um, participate. But one doesn't take away from the other. Equal opportunity receivers. And, you know, Trevor, we talk about this all the time. you got to have something for everybody. Because not everybody's going to buy a $10,000 trip. Not everybody's going to buy a $3,000 trip. Not everybody's going to buy a $1,000 trip. You know, that's why the, you know, we talk about the golden ticket because it's a hundred bucks because everybody in the room can afford a hundred dollars and everybody would sure like to take a trip that's worth three or $4,000 and that they won for a hundred bucks. They made a donation anyway, because they're going to sit there and go, ah, you know what? It's for a good cause. So all of a sudden you've opened it up to where everybody can participate. Everyone needs to get involved. I love that. I love that you, you've you dictated a story recently as well, where you're talking about the fund and need, where the goal by the organization was to get 100% participation. Yeah. You know, which is really cool. We want everybody to participate. Yeah. 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 No, 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 no man or woman left behind. You know what I mean? You know, and you can do that in any way. You, just because you don't have a digital bidding, you can do it, whatever. We've done a deal. I've seen where somebody did that. They just took a little piece of paper, mm-hmm. put it on every every table with a bunch of ink pens, had everybody with a basket, had some volunteers with baskets walk around and see. We're just asking that everybody, you don't have, all you have to do is write the amount and your buyer number, your name, fold it up, drop it in there. Love it. Now, one thing that we did is we did, they, they call this a paddle drop, but the, 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 fundraising name of it's a paddle drop, not a paddle raise, but everybody took their, you know, it's a way you do a fund. You can do a fund and eat right down an amount that you want to give. You know, I always say add an extra zero at the end. If you give two, you know, add, just double it, whatever you're thinking, go ahead and do more. You'd be surprised how many people will do that. Yeah. And I know that because they'll say, yeah, there was a scribble through it and they wrote double the amount and initialed it and signed it and fold it up. And drop it in there. And then what we're going to do is we're going to reach in the pile, pull one of these out, and we're going to give, you know, the winner gets a prize. So not only do you get to do, you know, not only are you going to get to uh, you giving to our great cause, but we're going to do something to, you know, just that way you get a reward. That stimulates the person that wasn't going to give $50 will write down $50 or $25, something. It's just a good way to get people involved. I think that's the part that we miss on events a lot. Let's just say that you have, um, for the simple math, let's say you have 300 people. That's 150. Let's say you had uh, 10 people at a table. So that's 15 tables. You know, you got 15 tables at your event, small event. 
Well, typically one person bought the table, one couple bought the table, one company, whatever. Everybody else is coming there free. So we've got to figure out how to reach out to, to get them, you know, encouraged to inspire them to do something. You know, if they've got deep pockets and we're asking, then then fund a need, I'm going to put more emphasis on the fund a need. If I've got people that are somebody that's, you know, came out and said, hey, look, I'm going to, I'll, I'll match the first $25,000 you get in your, in your fund to need. Or I, we've had somebody who said, I will match the first $25,000 givers. Love that. I want to see how many people we can get at a thousand bucks and people do it. I mean, so all those things that go into fund a need or live auction, I, I, I just don't, I, I don't think you need to get stuck in one one way or the other. We've seen events where they've had a fund to need, a really, an, what I call an abbreviated silent auction, and that was it. And they raise a million dollars. It's all dependent upon your crowd, who who's going to be there, who's in the room. If you know you look down your guest list and you've got fifty percent of the people there are ten, can write a check for ten thousand dollars and not miss it, I'd put my emphasis on the fund to need. And then I might, for the live auction, have just two or three things that are really spectacular over the top because I've got some capacity. I've got people that have deep pockets that can spend a lot of money and we can have some fun with it. I love it. Don't think I'm crazy for saying this, but this is how my mind works sometimes with just, with, with just uh, being an observer of uh, consumers and, and buying behaviors and things like that. It's kind of like you're seeing the advent of the self-checkout and it's being used more. Stores are not removing self-checkout from uh, from their stores anytime soon. And they used to just have checkers. And that's fine. And I like having conversations with those people because I, I live in a small town. But sometimes I use the self-checkout. It's the same thing. You got to have you, you, both can coexist quite yeah. nicely. And people are going to walk through the turnstiles. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like going to a ball game and having a ticket stub or having it on your phone. Some people like the physical tangible item. Some people like it on their phone. You need to have a spot for both. That's the idea. Not to shun one or the other or to demonize one or the other. Now, when we're talking about the fundraising world, you could you could twist the dial on both concepts, on both strategies and end up raising a lot of money. So, you know, I think something to, to talk about is, if your committee sucks at getting auction items, but they're really good at going and rate, getting people to write checks. Well, that's a good point. Then maybe you go that way. If you've got, you're struggling to get some items for your live auction and you know, you're just not really sure. And it's just, you're really struggling, but you know, you went and you've got several things. Maybe you put some more emphasis on that, but I can tell you if you're intent, you, if you're intentional, you can get anything done, but it comes down to just being intentional because I know a lot of times, you know, you're sitting there and you've got a committee of five, you know, a 15, and it's still a committee of one. One person winds up doing 90% of the work. It happens. And, you know, we can sit here and talk about what should happen, what had happened, what could happen, but it's just where you're at right now and you need to do something. And so you've got to do something that's easy because you're tired. I want to, I got one more thing. I'm going to rant for just a second. You know, we talked about it for just a little bit. Again, just, if you've got somebody that's telling you one way and that's the best way, then I would, I would just suggest again, go find somebody else to talk to get another opinion. Sure. Get a second opinion. Yeah. Get a second opinion. It's kind of like going to a doctor and they say, well, sorry, we're going to have to cut off your arm. Yep. Taking your arm off. I'm going to, I'm going to go get a second opinion. Yep. 
because we don't want to lose an appendage and we don't want to leave money on the table. That's the big point. That's the big point. So, yep. And we're here to help. So we're easy to reach. (laughs) <laughs> as well, so. well we're not perfect either i mean I've, I've been wrong on stuff before i sit there and thought there's no way this is going to sell for this much money no way this is going to bring any money and it brings double what i you know what they hope for and there's no per- we don't have you know we can't predict you guys know your buyers better than anybody you know the people that are coming in the room you know what they want if you ask them and talk to them and pay attention you're going to know. And the only thing, the best thing that predicts the future is what the past was. Look at what happened last year. Look at your last two or three events. Now, if you didn't have an event last year, obviously you need to go back, but look and see what the behavior is. Macro, be open-minded. That's what we're saying. Be open-minded. Don't let anyone shut doors for you uh, before you even walk through and find out what might be there for your mission, for your organization. That's our big point. And so we've been meaning to talk about it for a while. I'm glad we did. We're going to keep discussing it and we're going to keep strategizing with organizations and helping. We're very easy to reach. Do us a favor and subscribe and download and share these episodes because Jason and I are going to come with our unvarnished takes on how to raise more money uh, on this uh, uh, Hey Nonprofits podcast because it's really fun and we think people need to hear it. So uh, unabashed, sometimes opinionated, sometimes uh, a little lengthy, but we have information that we know will help. So Jay, appreciate it. We will, we'll keep on, we'll keep on rocking. Okay. Hey, that's it for this week and, or this episode. We never know. We might decide to do another one tomorrow. So anyway, I hope you guys have a great week and we'll see you later. See you, Trev. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate you. Hey everyone. Thanks for listening. If you love our podcast, let us know and subscribe to listen to our next episode. Get out there, start fundraising, and raise more money.